Hello, and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today I was really planning on talking about the basics of how a board of directors operates a company. If you watched yesterday's episode of Virtual Legality, you saw I finished off by talking about Reggie Fizeme taking on the role of a board member at GameStop in a very difficult time for them. And I was going to talk about how GameStop was dealing with COVID-19, the coronavirus, and touch on that as a function of talking about what a member of the board of directors actually does. But in the meantime, a story popped out of GameStop that was so interesting and so unique to our current situation that I felt that I had to cover it. Now, before we get into it, and you can see the headline item right here from Kotaku, we can stay open during lockdowns because we are essential retail. I wanted to give a hat tip first to the Twitter follower that actually tipped me off to this story, the retweeter at bonesawisready underscore, who said, hey, this could be a good virtual legality. And I always appreciate it when people find me, follow me, put it in a comment to a video about stories that are interesting that could have a legal component or a business component in pop culture or the gaming industry because I can't find them all. And because I'm otherwise practicing law and doing some other things, I always, always appreciate it when people highlight these items for me. So thank you very much to the retweeter. Now, in respect to this story, this is absolutely fascinating. So if you aren't living in the United States or you aren't otherwise following anything to do with coronavirus or anything else related to the outbreak, you should know that certain cities, in particular San Francisco and California, and New York City is kind of batting around this idea, have issued lockdowns, have issued certain orders that say, you businesses have to close, you people have to stay in position X, and you can't go if you're not essential, and all these various things. And we're going to talk about the California order that actually went out after this article late last night here on the East Coast that told everybody in the entire state that they needed to stay in position, that they needed to stay at their homes. And GameStop is essentially sending out a memo to their people that says, if a particular municipality, county, locality, state says you have to close down and the sheriff comes or some other police officer comes, you can show them this memo that says, we believe we are essential and so are likely exempt from whatever your order is. Now, there's a couple of things to break down here. First of all, before we even kind of get into the legalities and kind of discussing all of this, I know a lot of people contacted me. The, the retweeter wasn't the only one that mentioned this to me in my comments to the videos that I've made and has said, hey, I want you to rip GameStop a new one. Look at all these things that these other YouTubers are saying. Look at all these other articles. Uh, I do think GameStop is being very myopic here and taking steps and having corporate messaging that doesn't match what people want to see out of retail. And I think that's going to affect them long term. I think they are stupid for that reason. But one of the things I want to do in this video is really take a look at the language that's used in these orders, take a look at what GameStop is saying, and from a legal perspective, say how I think maybe they have a leg to stand on in terms of how they are presenting this particular case. That is distinct from the question of whether what they are doing is right. As I say in virtual legality, as was taught to me in law school and elsewhere in my life, what is legal is not always right. And the corollary, what is right is not always legal. And that has done me well as a motto. I would ask you to keep it in mind when we discuss this because part of this conversation is going to be 
trying to come to an understanding of what GameStop is saying and also how in particular in California, where these kind of lockdown notices have really gone into effect to the highest degree, the language they have used has given the wiggle room necessary, in my opinion, for GameStop and other retailers to kind of make these claims when perhaps the state government or the local city government wouldn't actually want them to do this. And if you've been to law school, you know this conversation, but if you haven't, this is a constant kind of question about the passage of laws, of statutes, of executive orders, and things along those lines, which is whether it is over-inclusive or under-inclusive. And when you have something like this, an event that folks aren't really prepared for, orders that are being drafted very quickly and being executed of significant effect that don't necessarily have every loophole kind of ironed out, you get these kinds of situations. So when we look at the California order, when we look at the San Francisco order, I'm going to point out where I think that they made mistakes in terms of what they identified as those businesses that need to shut down and those that can continue operating and how GameStop, probably through the help of legal counsel, I can't imagine that legal counsel wasn't consulted, has looked at these orders and said, hey, I think we've got enough space, we've got enough wiggle room to fight about essentiality of our product and of our service. Now, is that appropriate? Is it appropriate to ask your kind of line workers, your store managers to defy law enforcement with guns and orders to close you down? No, of course it isn't. But from a legal corporate entity perspective, I do want to have that conversation because it's interesting to me. And I think if you're following me in virtual legality, you want to have that conversation as well to talk about the words, what they mean, how we got here. And then at the end of the video or at the second half of the video, we'll talk about how this isn't the way you want to look. This isn't the way you want to operate, how you get here. And yeah, the landmine field that Reggie fils and the rest of the new board of directors members are entering into with GameStop taking actions like this. So let's take a look at this article from Kotaku. It's from Jason Schreier, who breaks these things, who gets these leaks from the game industry itself, also from the retail industry. And he got leaked to him an internal memo that was provided to store managers at GameStop. The struggling video game retail chain GameStop told all of its stores this afternoon to stay open even in the event of state or city lockdowns to protect against the COVID-19 pandemic emphasizing that it is essential retail alongside groceries and pharmacies and should therefore be exempt from enforced closures. Here's their highlighted kind of memo language. Due to the products we carry that enable and enhance our customers' experience in working from home, we believe GameStop is classified as essential retail and therefore is able to remain open during this time, the retailer said in a memo to staff this afternoon obtained by Kotaku. We have received reports of local authorities visiting stores in an attempt to enforce closure despite our classification. Store managers are approved to provide the document linked below to law enforcement as needed. Now, a couple of things to note here. First of all, the first thing they are saying is don't focus on the games, right? GameStop isn't saying that we sell games and games are entertainment and entertainment keeps people sane and sanity is important in a quarantine or a lockdown or any kind of isolative setting. And so because of all that, because of the psychology of the issue, we are some kind of health services company, which when I first read the headline of this article and the other articles that came out yesterday, 
was what I suspected would be the argument that they were making, right? That is an argument, not in respect of defying law enforcement, but an argument that I made last week when I was talking about this originally to say, hey, Netflix and streaming video and streaming video games and all of this connectivity that we can have with each other in a situation like this, of which we've never ever been a part of before, is very, very important that those kinds of things are going to help us be able to maintain a quarantine and a lockdown and isolation better than we could otherwise if we didn't have that connectivity or that Animal Crossing game or whatever it is that might be exciting you to get to play even if you can't see or feel or be with other human beings. And I do think that's important. And I thought that was going to be the argument that they made. I would think that that is generally going to be a loser just because of how we think about video games and entertainment and that the government is not going to be prepared to focus on that kind of concept when they're thinking about lockdowns. What they instead argued was, and I haven't been in a GameStop in so long that I don't know if this is even true, so please leave comments to this video to confirm that this is in fact what they do. Their excuse here is that they carry routers, they carry modems, They carry things that help network environments, potentially software. And so with everybody moving to remote work, they say to enhance our customers' experience in working from home and to enable it, we believe GameStop is classified as essential retail. That because they can do those things, because they sell those things, that they are useful. Now, enhance probably does lean on the fact that they sell video games mostly, Enable suggests to me that they are claiming that they do something in terms of sales that relates specifically to actually affecting your ability to remote work. Uh, And I don't know how much hardware they actually sell in a GameStop, so please leave those comments. But that's what they are claiming, is that they've got routers, maybe they've got monitors, they've got maybe mice, mouse pads, things that help you actually work from home that you might not otherwise have. And so because of that, we think we are essential on a kind of infrastructural basis. That argument, to the extent that it is true, and we're going to assume that in this video, that GameStop is telling the truth that they sell something like that. They sell something in the neighborhood of computers and routers and things that actually allow you to work from home, that to the extent that that is true, that's not the worst argument in the world, right? That's an argument you heard me say in virtual legality when talking about Amazon's specific categories that were going to be stored in their warehouses and saying, wow, electronics, and not specifically video games, of course, but electronics probably should be deemed essential right now based on what we are seeing across the country, which is a huge upsurge in use of internet infrastructure, a huge upsurge in remote working, of course. And if your monitor goes down, if your router goes down, if your modem goes down, you need to be able to fix that 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 is essential to your livelihood and maintaining important infrastructural elements in your company. And if your company is specifically essential to the government or the function of the country, to the country itself. And so I had argued in a previous video, I think earlier this week, that Amazon probably should be including electronics in that categorical assessment. And they weren't already, and I suspect they will in the near future. So that's GameStop's argument. The interesting parts here come from, you know, this article saying, essentially implying that that's ridiculous. They finish off, Jason does, with a quote from an employee that says, meanwhile, GameStop employees all across the United States have feared for their safety 
in the wake of the company's misguided responses to the COVID-19 crisis. There's a lot of editorializing in that sentence, but we're going to allow it for this purpose because I don't want to go into it. The quote is, been with the company almost a decade. This is indefensible. And towards the end of this video, when we talk about kind of the morality and the optics of this from a corporate standpoint, we're going to get into why I think GameStop in particular is targeted on this stuff, not just because Kotaku is a gaming uh, magazine website, but also because they did have significant issues with kind of stocking, uh, hand sanitizer and things along those lines. And so because people are willing to leak those kinds of concepts out to Mr. Schreier, other people online, you are seeing GameStop in particular kind of chastised for its treatment of COVID and get things like misguided responses as part of the, the editorial content from a place like Kotaku. This story was covered in a lot of places. We've got here a Verge article, GameStop claims it is essential retail. But what GameStop did is they actually responded to some of these websites. And we'll get to that after we talk about what these lockdowns actually look like. Because the GameStop response never made its way into the Kotaku article. It was actually updated in these various other articles. And so that's interesting in and of itself that Kotaku never updated their own. But we do have those updates in The Verge and Polygon and elsewhere. But let's take a look at San Francisco, for instance, which was the first city that I'm aware of to really lock things down. There have been lockdowns everywhere else. Here in Michigan, we've got a closure of restaurants and bars, but they're still allowed to operate. You just can't go and sit down there. You can pick food up from there. But San Francisco had a much more draconian kind of lockdown. It says, in San Francisco, Mayor London Breed has enforced more drastic measures to keep COVID-19 from spreading. On March 16th, only four days ago. It's been a week, hasn't it, everybody? The city announced a public health order that requires all residents to remain inside, with the only exception being for essential needs. The order will remain effective until April 7th or until it's extended at a later date. And we can actually go see the San Francisco order. Essential government services to remain open, such as transit, police, fire, and healthcare services, as well as essential stores. That's what GameStop is claiming to be, an essential store like grocery markets, pharmacies, banks, and gas stations. Now that's a header. That isn't in fact the order. So we take headers to understand what the order says because maybe we only have a certain amount of time to read through these things. But if you're running one of these companies, you're gonna read through it a little bit more. But what is implied here is that essential stores are the things that you think of for your kind of survival needs. Grocery markets for food, pharmacies for drugs, banks because you need access to the money to pay for food and drugs and gas stations because you need to be able to fuel your car to get to those various places to get your food and your drugs, right? So as we read this order, what becomes interesting is the exemptions to individuals that can leave their place of residence to operate an essential business includes healthcare, we would assume essential infrastructure, including construction of housing and operation of public transportation and utilities. Now we don't generally think of stores as infrastructure, right? But to some extent they are. And we've got right below it, grocery stores, farmers markets, food banks, and convenience stores, things that have food, or in the case of convenience stores, something of a food-like variety. And businesses that provide the necessities of life for the economically disadvantaged and shelter facilities. You have all of these kinds of things in a list. But what I wanna focus on is infrastructure, because if you look at this whole list, you go down it, you're not going to find something that actually covers retail. You're not going to find something that covers selling you a router, selling you Wi-Fi, 
selling you a refrigerator because those aren't specifically covered anywhere else other than essential infrastructure. And the reason this kind of came up is because San Francisco, of course, being a city in California, winds up being subject to the overall California state order that went out yesterday night. And we look at that and it says California governor issues statewide order to stay at home effective Thursday evening. California Governor Gavin Newsom on Thursday issued a statewide order for all residents to stay at home amid a coronavirus outbreak. The stay home order is in place till further notice. Essential services will stay open, however, such as pharmacies, grocery stores, takeout and delivery restaurants and banks. According to the order, Californians in 16 critical sectors are are to continue working despite the order. Those include emergency services, energy and food and agriculture. They sure do include those things. But as we will see here in the order itself, it's not limited to those things. It says here the federal government has identified 16 critical infrastructure sectors, infrastructure being the important word here, whose asset systems and networks, whether physical or virtual, are considered so vital to the United States that their incapacitation or destruction would have a debilitating effect on security, economic security, public health or safety, or any combination thereof. I order that Californians working in these 16 critical infrastructure sectors may continue their work because of the importance of these sectors to Californians' health and well-being. So remember when we talked about at the top of this video that because all of this is happening so fast, everybody's using kind of sleight of hand, is using reference to other things in order to kind of get these orders out the door and effective as quickly as possible. So you see here, they actually link to identifying critical infrastructure during COVID-19, and it pops over to this website. These are the 16 categories, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, that they want you to know are critical to the functioning of the United States government, or in particular here, for the state of California. Now, you look at this list and things make sense. You saw it highlighting things like manufacturing facilities and banks. We've got emergency services. We've got government uh, facilities. We've got nuclear reactors. Hey, the nuclear reactors, we we don't want to leave those alone. So, you know, cover them. Those are critical infrastructure. But what do we also have? We have right over here, commercial facilities. This is deemed an essential critical infrastructure and workers in commercial facilities are in these 16 categories that, remember, the state of California, through this order, has actually ordered to work in. I order that Californians working in these 16 critical infrastructure sectors may continue their work. Okay, what is a commercial facility, you might ask? Well, we've got links. Let's take a look at what a commercial facility is. The commercial facility sector includes a diverse range of sites that draw large crowds of people for shopping, businesses, entertainment, or lodging. Facilities within the sector operate on the principle of open public access, meaning that the general public can move freely within without the deterrent of highly visible security barriers. The majority of these facilities are privately owned and operated with minimal interaction with the federal government and other regulatory entities. The commercial facility sector consists of eight subsectors. And here is where you find retail, retail centers and districts, shopping mall. But what you also find are sports leagues, public assembly, outdoor events, casinos, motion picture studios, broadcast media, probably theaters. These are commercial facilities. And 
the point of this is not to suggest that California wants to leave all these things open. The point of this is to talk about the legality of what is actually happening with some of these orders. So when you've got critical infrastructure identified by the U.S. government as including things like retail, and then you have right here that these 16 critical infrastructure sectors are to be allowed to continue to operate, and then you have somebody like GameStop saying, hey, we are essential retail, we should be allowed to continue functioning. As a lawyer, I look at that and say, well, if you follow that all the way down the line, yeah, maybe. California obviously didn't mean that. They're, they're being too quick about what they're saying. They say, all right, we can rely on this federal government website and what they've told us about these 16 critical infrastructure sectors. That includes more stuff than we probably want. Uh, a lot of these are obvious, healthcare, nuclear reactors, food, critical manufacturing, things like that. Commercial facilities being a part of this doesn't make a lot of sense. I suspect California doesn't think that it is part of the critical infrastructure sectors because they're trying to close everything that isn't nuclear reactor or food-based. But this is what they actually did. And to a lawyer, and to a lawyer for a company that's trying to figure out how to stay open, which I think we can agree is potentially misguided, and we'll talk about that. But if you're trying to figure out a reason... You look at this and you say, well, California ordered that we can continue running if we are in one of these sectors. We're a retail establishment. I can go and I can find that I'm a commercial facility and I got retail right here. So I'm all good. You can't shut me down. And by virtue of the California order pointing infrastructure to this language, you go back and you look at the San Francisco language that talks about essential infrastructure. And you say, well, I guess California probably means infrastructure to be these sectors, right? And if infrastructure means these sectors, commercial facilities still lives there. And so if I'm at GameStop, GameStop corporate, not the line workers, that's not really fair. And we'll talk about that too. But if I'm GameStop corporate, I look at this and say, okay, well, you guys told us that retail can continue to be open. And so we will stay open. As a matter of fact, they continue with the statement that I promised that I would read to you that Vice has in their article that says, while GameStop is best known as a provider of gaming and home entertainment systems, we also offer a wide array of products and devices that are important to facilitate remote work, distance learning, and virtual connectivity. As millions of Americans face unprecedented challenges adapting to virtual learning, working, and interaction, there is significant need for technology solutions, and we are one of many providers of these products that are remaining open at this time. Schools, businesses, and families are now suddenly dependent on being able to connect through technology. While there are many businesses and organizations far more critical than ours, we believe we can have a positive impact during this very challenging time. The health and safety of our employees and customers is of utmost importance, and we have and will continue to take extensive precautions consistent with CDC guidelines. We are complying with all state, county, city, and local ordinances, and we will continue to adjust to any future developments. Or as they said in their memo, Due to the products we carry that enable and enhance our customers' experience in working from home, we believe GameStop is classified as essential retail. And you see what they're focused on here. Remote work, distance learning, and virtual connectivity. If we go back to the San Francisco statement, you see here that they actually talk about educational institutions for the purposes of facilitating distance learning. Obviously, GameStop is not an educational institution. But to the extent that they can accurately claim that they are facilitating distance learning, and they can claim that they are essential infrastructure as defined by the governor of the state of California, then legally, 
they probably do have a leg to stand on here. And as we look at how GameStop itself has responded outside of this memo, things don't look that unusual. It says GameStop is working diligently during this unprecedented time to provide our customers and associates with the safest environment possible. Now, we can disagree on that, and we're going to actually look at a Kotaku article that says they're not, but this is what they're claiming, and if we assume the validity of this, we are going to compare it with some other retailers, or, or at least one, and see that it's not different from what other people are doing. We are implementing changes to our retail operations so that we may continue to provide products to our customers that allow them to stay connected and provide products that allow businesses and consumers to work remotely. Specific actions we have taken include instituting multiple social distancing practices in our stores, up to 10 people in the store, including store associates. Not a great way to message that, but I think that says that they're going to limit their stores to only 10 people. Following CDC recommended guidelines to adopt in-store line management practices that create six-foot parameters between customers in checkout lines. Parameter meaning perimeter, I, I believe, but hey, we'll press on. Reducing our store hours of operation from tw to 12 to 8, which will be in place until Sunday, March 29th. Rolling out delivery at your door services to allow customers to pick up their purchases at the front door of our U.S. store locations. Suspending our video game and consumer electronics trade-in practices. We're not collecting things from other people. Postponing game events, midnight launches, disabling our interactive gaming stations, and encouraging customers to use our online infrastructure rather than to approach us physically. And you look at that and you say, okay, that all makes sense. Everything that they have said there makes sense. And if that's all true, if they're limiting the number of people, if they're enforcing six-foot guidelines, and they've got a retail kind of exemption from the way that the governor of the state of California has described their order, you know, why are they being singled out? And we look at Best Buy, right? Best Buy had a statement on the same day, very, very similar to what GameStop announced. Earlier this week, we announced changes to how Best Buy will run our business in light of the COVID-19 pandemic. Against this backdrop, I wanted to share some of my thoughts about what we are facing and how Best Buy is responding. Right now, our role as a consumer electronics retailer is rapidly shifting, and we are striving to make the best decisions with two goals in mind. The first is to protect our customers, employees, and their families. The second is to do the best we can to serve the millions of Americans who are looking for us for increasingly vital technology tools to stay connected, as well as household necessities. Now, one advantage Best Buy has over GameStop, right, is that they sell refrigerators. And if your refrigerator breaks down, you fall under the food category. And so Best Buy has a stronger argument than GameStop to stay open. Because if we're putting these in a scale, refrigerators are more important than routers. Routers are still important. I tend to agree with that argument. But refrigerators are more important than routers. And maybe microwaves are more important than routers. And we can get to these conversations. But the fact that Best Buy sells those things is useful to having an argument for why they should stay open. You are turning to us for help getting the technology that allows you to continue running a small business or shift your usual job from an office setting to your home. You are turning to us to help your children continue their education outside of their classroom. And you are turning to us for necessities that allow you to store and prepare food for your family. With these needs in mind, and given our commitment to keep our employees and customers safe, we are shortening our store hours this week, which you saw GameStop do. And on March 23rd, we'll begin permitting only a small number of customers into the store at a time so we can enforce the necessary social distancing guidelines. Both things that you saw GameStop at least refer to in their statement. We are also working to enhance our curbside service and strongly recommend you take advantage of this whenever possible. Also referenced by GameStop. 
As for our employees, let me start by saying this. We will not make any employee work if they aren't comfortable doing so. Further, if an employee is sick or needs to take care of their children home from school or take their children home from school, we are paying them. Additionally, with our reduced hours and less staff in the stores, we are paying affected employees for their regularly scheduled hours. We are in a difficult time and find ourselves in uncharted waters. My best wishes to you and your family as we navigate the days ahead together. Now, you don't have to love Best Buy. Maybe you also wanted an article or a video done in virtual legality about how Best Buy is terrible. But if you want to say that Best Buy isn't terrible, Best Buy and GameStop are at least making the same noises. They're at least saying the same things. And yes, Best Buy has a stronger argument that they are essential because of the appliances that they sell. But note that they focus not on those appliances, but on the things to help you run your small business or shift your usual job from an office setting to your home. GameStop is making the same statement. As I said earlier, I can't speak to how much GameStop actually sells hardware and things that are useful to actually operating remotely. So I would ask any of you that have that kind of context to put a comment to this video talking about what it is that they sell and, and how they could make this claim. But assuming that that is accurate, assuming that they do those things, and in general, I do assume that it's accurate because to go out with a blatant falsehood is very, very problematic. Even in the corporate context, generally what you do is you use the facts that you have to the best of your ability to put forth an argument that at least is true on its face. So based on the fact that they say that they sell those things that help remote working, I'm going to assume that they do. And if they don't, then all of this goes away and GameStop is just lying to their store managers, to the authorities, and that becomes its own problem. But outside of the statement, outside of the way that GameStop and Best Buy are operating in a kind of similar capacity, outside of the fact that GameStop is the one that has all these articles written about it, about how bad it is, the question becomes, you know, why is that? And we see earlier in the week that Kotaku did a kind of expose on GameStop. I think some of this was covered in other places as well. And a lot of this makes sense. This is something that will potentially infuriate you if you haven't read this kind of stuff. And it goes against what we are seeing in other retail contexts where those retailers do appear to be doing deep cleaning on third shift or between operating hours and hopefully taking care of their employees better than what this describes. Taking a look at this, I think this is why when something happens like happened yesterday with respect to GameStop claiming that they're essential, everybody comes down on them so hard. It's not just because they're named GameStop, they sell video games. It's because of things like this. This article says, Last week, GameStop sent an email to its customers assuring them that the gaming retail chain was taking the necessary precautions in the face of the coronavirus pandemic. Some employees, however, have shared concerns with Kotaku about the company's ability to keep them and their customers safe. GameStop's message to consumers was that the company had assembled an internal COVID-19 task force that would implement three key strategies to protect customers and employees. These included providing its 5,700 retail stores with cleaning supplies and hand sanitizer, instructing employees to stay home if they are symptomatic, and encouraging customers to purchase products online rather than at retail locations. We saw some of that in the GameStop statement from yesterday. Despite GameStop's outward messaging, Internal documents provided to Kotaku by a current employee show that the company is less than prepared for this pandemic. Hand sanitizer is on back order through the normal supply chain, leaving purchasing up to local management, which is not always able to find it due to shortages. Another employee says that GameStop locations in their area 
haven't been provided the necessary tools to properly sanitize their stores. Thus far, I've seen little to no measures taken from corporate, and I've certainly haven't seen any supplies to prevent further outbreaks, said a GameStop supervisor who wished to remain anonymous. My colleagues and I are sharing a small bottle of hand sanitizer that was purchased through our own pockets, as well as making as much usage out of a deep-pleating bottle of all-purpose cleaner. We were only just given permission to turn off console demos yesterday, and my cleaning supplies have been back-ordered for two months. As far as more immediate measures go, the stores in my area have received nothing. And this, to me, is where the rubber hits the road, right? It's one thing for your store to say, we're going to keep operating because we think we provide a useful service. We're going to keep you safe. We're going to have this distancing. We're going to sanitize our stores between operating hours. You can trust us. You can have faith in us. And it's another thing entirely to have internal memos come out that say they're not getting us hand sanitizer. They're not really giving us directives on how to do things. I saw a copy of, of one of these memos that was on my Twitter that somebody linked to me that showed how they were supposed to be taping off various spots to stay six feet away from each other in lines. And if they didn't have enough tape to do that, they were to use things like blank price register stickers. Uh, and it's clear that GameStop doesn't have the logistical capacity, the supply chain to actually make sure that everything is clean and taken care of for its customers. So the right thing to do in that kind of scenario is to say, okay, to the extent we can't supply Store X with what it needs to, to keep everybody safe and everybody healthy, then we have to close Store X and we have to go figure out what our supply chain is for cleaning supplies. And one thing I would note here is that GameStop is not alone in this. I can tell you from personal experience, from working with clients, that there are a lot of places, not all of which are customer facing, which presents a different issue, but a lot of places that can't get their normal amount of cleaning supplies, that maybe don't have access to what they usually have, just in terms of the ordinary course of business to keep their office spaces clean. And that becomes twofold of a problem when you've got these customer facing public spaces, right? And so I think when something like this comes out on Monday, you've got a situation where you say, okay, GameStop appears to not be doing what they should be doing when these situations arise. If you don't have the stuff to clean your store, you should be closing. If you don't have the stuff to properly identify where people should stand in line, you should probably be closing. And GameStop is electing not to do that, not just because they think everything's fine and they're evil and they're cackling and they're making finger tents while petting some kind of cat in a Blofeldian James Bond scenario, but also because their company is failing, right? Jason Schreier was a little bit glib about this at the top of his article, but struggling video game retail chain is an accurate description of what's going on with them. They've lost market share. Over the last five years, they've lost something like 55 or 60% of their capital infrastructure. GameStop is going down because they haven't been able to adapt to the digital landscape. That's completely separate from coronavirus. But the problem is when you're on the edge of a real significant existential event, you start to make bad choices. And so I do think GameStop is making bad choices. And then when you have an optical message that goes out like we are essential retail, maybe you are. Maybe GameStop has whole shelves, whole sections that sell routers and other networking paraphernalia that would be of utmost use to people. But the problem is, optically, you called your company GameStop, and everybody knows that you sell video games. 
And outside of the kind of pawn shop appearance of a lot of your stores, video games are what are plastered in posters on your windows. Video games are what people go there for. And so to the extent somebody knows that you sell routers or monitors or mouse equipment or help people with their phones or what have you, it's because you probably visited that store because you wanted a game at some point in time and that's why you know about it. This is the two-edged sword of marketing, of brand acknowledgement, of goodwill. Once you name yourself GameStop, once you're known for selling games, don't be surprised when, in the case of an epidemic or a pandemic, when you go to claim that you are essential, people look at you and go, eh? And make articles about how you are now being ridiculous. When those articles aren't made about Best Buy, when those articles aren't made about any other retailer that I've seen, although it wouldn't surprise me if we start to see those stories, especially in California, as retailers either go under or start defying some of these orders. It will be a very interesting thing to see from a legal perspective, especially if they don't change the executive order that we analyzed in this video, which does, at least on its face, allow for retail at, to stay open as a commercial facility. GameStop is easily portrayed as a villain because of the things that it does, because of the ridiculous policies it's had for trade-ins, because of how annoying they are on the phone in trying to get you to pre-order the next thing, because of how bad they've been in transitioning into a new world order, even, even the last generation, the last seven years. And, and so it's easy to villainize them. It's easy to say they're struggling because they are. It's easy to characterize all of their responses as misguided. But at the end of the day, from a legal perspective, they might be able to make this claim. Now, the last thing I wanted to talk about, which I do think is unfair, is the way GameStop is trying to do this is by giving a memo to its store managers. As you see here, store managers are approved to provide the document link below to law enforcement as needed and saying, hey, when the sheriff shows up, show him this corporate memo and dot, dot, dot. The sheriff or the cops don't need to listen to that memo. They can still shut you down. And just like when somebody's stealing something from a store in general, your insurance company doesn't want you to tackle the guy. It sure as hell doesn't want you to fight police officers acting under color of law. And so GameStop is saying, yeah, show them this memo. And if that works, if that gets them to go away, great. If it doesn't, they don't give you the next sentence. At least the next sentence wasn't ever shown to us in any of these articles. It doesn't say openly defy him. It doesn't say kick him out. It says show him this memo and we'll see what happens, right? Because even GameStop corporate knows if the, if the cops want to close you down, they will close you down. And it's unfair to have store managers. It's unfair to have whoever might be the workers that day try to get them to go away. You can show them this memo. You can say, hey, my orders from my boss who pays my, my bills, who, who signs my checks, says, I have to show you this memo and say, we don't believe we should have to close. And the sheriff says, nice, kid. I love that memo. That's some really nice letterhead. By the way, we're locking the doors. And the store manager and the, and the employees should say, yep, okay. But GameStop, at least in its memos, doesn't really instruct them what to do in the face of the law enforcement saying no. At least that was not provided to us. And if they did, I suspect that would have been salacious enough to include in one of these articles. So ultimately, GameStop is easily portrayed as a villain or at least naive in, in deeming themselves to be essential but they don't actually go that second or third step towards outright villainy that says, defy them, shout at them, tell them to leave. It just says, show them this memo, and hopefully they leave. They won't, 
Because in general, somebody acting under color of law that believes this place should be shut down, that believes this order gives them the authority to do that, will shut you down. And when we talk about the legalities here, when we talk about the language used, I think GameStop has the gray authority to say, hey, we are essential retail. Hey, we fall under the critical infrastructure category of commercial facilities go away. But ultimately, at the end of the day, the one with the power is the one that is willing to tell you to close down. And that's going to be the sheriff. That's going to be the cops. And if they tell you that, you're going to close down. And so I think even though we talk about kind of the minutia of the legalities of the orders like this, we talk about how all this operates in a vacuum. The realities of the situation are is if you try to stay open, the sheriff sees you, they want you to shut down, you're going to shut down. And GameStop's doing its best to avoid that outcome. But at the end of the day, if that's what the law enforcement officials decide, that's what's going to happen. So I think that all kind of combined to make a story like this. GameStop is already seen as villains by a lot of people. GameStop has already had articles done about it, about not being able to properly clean and to stay open at risk to its employees and to its customers. And then GameStop finally saying, hey, we are essential because we sell networking equipment when I don't think anybody really thinks of them that way, is kind of the last cherry on top of the Sunday that they've created for themselves. They're GameStop. They're not router stop. They're not networking stop. They're not remote work stop. They're GameStop. And to claim that video games are essential, as much as I would love to make that kind of theoretical argument, is an argument that isn't going to be a winner for a lot of people and is going to result in somewhat mocking articles like the ones you see today. That's been Virtual Legality for today. If you like this, please like, please subscribe to the channel. We love having these conversations about business and law in pop culture, gaming, and other avenues all the time. Thank you once again to the retweeter for the hat tip. And I'm sorry to everybody that asked me on my Twitter or in the comments to my previous videos to just rail on GameStop. I think there is a lot worthy of condemnation in respect of how GameStop has delivered this messaging. They've been at best naive and ignorant of how it would be perceived. But as a lawyer, I look at it and say, it's not completely outside the field of play. They aren't entirely insane. There's at least a thread to hang their hat on and that's what I wanted to talk to you about today in virtual legality. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it in its podcast form, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.